What's up, beautiful people, to another episode of Unapologetically Christian. It's me, Ricky Jones-Jurian, and I am here today for part two of our Acts reading. Well, more importantly, it's our Bible reading that we are doing on Mondays for 30 minutes, cracking open the word. And like I said in the first one, the first video or the first episode, I do plan on doing these live. So still trying to work it out, fill it out and all that good stuff. So let me know in the comment section below what will be a good time for you to do a live video. Currently, I'm thinking 8 p.m. on Mondays. However, let me know and we'll see what happens. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start this timer. Boom shakalaka. We all start in the book of Acts, which we were on last week and we finished in chapter one, verse 17. OK, and I advise you to go back and check that one out. If you missed it, please, please, please go back and check it out. I promise you it's going to be everything that you want to see and experience. However, we're going to pick up on verse 18. OK, we just going to keep in the flow. And as I do read, I will share as we're sharing, right? We're going to share together. God and myself, we're going to share with us all. And I pray that this encourages us, edifies us, and gives us some nourishment. You know what I'm saying? Like good food for the body. But nonetheless, it goes like this. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Uh, felling head first, or excuse me, falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. The news of his death, death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name uh, Kiladama, which means filled of blood. Okay, so you may be wondering, whoa, Ricky, where are you, what are you reading? Where are you started? What's going on? So, <clears throat> long story short, Judas was actually the one that betrayed Jesus and his death. So Judas went off um, during the supper. He was there and all that good stuff. Well, at the supper, he left to go betray Jesus, where he told some officials that some government people that, hey, the person that I give a kiss on the cheek or give a hug and kiss on the cheek, he is Jesus. You take him. And they were like, all right, cool. We're going to pay you and all that good stuff. And so with the payment that he received from snitching on Jesus, truth be told, you know what I'm saying? It's 2023. He was a snitch. Uh, he snitched on, he betrayed Jesus and snitched on Jesus. And then he was paid for it. And the money that he was given, he bought this land. And on this land, on the spill, in which uh, Judas bought with the money, he killed himself. And it was just a bad situation. And it's so much so that his body split open and his intestines flew out. So I don't even want to visually think about the type of death that was or the pain that he felt. But nonetheless, that's what happened. And the word got out about it. And the area in which he died was called the field of blood. And so we're going to keep going because enough was said about that. Peter continue. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So the fun thing about the scripture is that as Peter talked about, there was going, there was something talked about before in the book of Psalms. What took place here in the book of Acts many, many, many years from Psalms, this took place in the book of Acts, what was said. And I say that because we talked about in the first video how the scripture always fulfills itself. God's word, which is the scripture written now, always fulfills itself. So what was talked about years ago is now taking place in the book of Acts. So much so that, okay, boom, that land, nobody's going to live there. But then also too, that person that was, you know, talked about, they had to be replaced. And so as Judas 
killed himself, right, or died, then his place had to be taken. And so we're going to keep going from there where it says, so now we must choose a replacement from Ju for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus from the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus's resurrection. And so Peter gives the guidelines of who this person, who this alternative or this replacement had to be had to be somebody who walked with Jesus from the beginning just like the other apostles the other disciples of Jesus they had to be one that walked with Jesus from his baptism all the way to the resurrection why why is it important you may be wondering why 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 Peter why is it important Ricky well largely because these were the first people that were like forerunners foretellers of the resurrected Jesus and Peter knew um, by inspiration of God that people were going to come at them like, okay, you're talking about this resurrected Jesus. How you know he was the one that was resurrected? Well, the people that Peter and them hung out with, they could say, no, I walk with this guy from him being baptized by John all the way to his death and his resurrection. So I know him to be true. I know of who I'm talking about. I know the Messiah that I'm speaking of. So again, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of somebody with an argument. And therefore, these people that was like, no, 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 we need to make sure whoever's in this crew, whoever takes Jesus' spot has experiences with Jesus from his baptism all the way to his resurrection. OK, and so, you know, beautiful, beautiful. And, and what can we get out of this for our personal lives? We always have to be mindful of those who are walking with us. We have to be mindful of those who are speaking for us or speaking on our behalves. We want to make sure that they have all the evidence. They have all the information. They could do an integrity check. They could do a char uh, character check. They can also do a no, I'll remember when check because those are the people that's going to make sure what needs to be said is said and what's right is said, right? And so I just love it. But you may be thinking, whoa, I wasn't there when Jesus was baptized. No, was I there when he was resurrected? So how can I be a witness for Jesus as the apostles were? Just keep waiting. Maybe I'm telling you, it's coming for you. And so here they are. So verse 23, so they nominated two men, Joseph called uh, Barsabas, you know what I'm saying? These names are difficult. Also known as Justice and Matthias. Then all, then, excuse me, then they all prayed, oh Lord, you know every heart, show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judith and Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belonged. And then they cast it lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. And so two men were chosen from the group that were and had walked with Jesus from the baptism all the way to the resurrection. And upon doing so, they prayed, right? And they prayed a prayer that we just read. But then after that, they cast it lots, and then there was Matthias who had was chosen. And so this was the process in which the 12th apostle was named and uh judas was replaced and so boom shakalaka let's go because now the holy spirit comes y'all and this is cool like this is like right before easter and all that good stuff like i love god's timing so anyway chapter two we just in chapter two this is how word works but anyway on the day of pentecost right all the believers were meeting together in one place suddenly there was a sound from well let me start right there on the day of Pentecost, so we know an exact day, the day of Pentecost, all of the believers were meeting there together in one place. 
And I love what and how it says all of the believers. Why, Ricky? Why? Because for us to be followers of Jesus, we have to be believers in Jesus that he died and that he rose again. Right. And then we are considered believers and all things are possible to them that believe, you know, it's impossible to please God without without faith is impossible to please God. And like the list goes on. So I just love how believers was the word that was chosen, not Christian. Right. And I don't have anything against the word Christian. We're going to see where the word Christian comes from. However, I love that they were considered believers. All the believers were meeting in this place on the day of Pentecost. And you're going to see why. But let's just keep going. Verse two. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. There was a sound from heaven. And the sound of heaven was like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they all were sitting. So there was a sound. It was a sound, right? And so, you know, I say that because oftentimes people get spooked out, weird out, and creeped out about certain things, and you don't have to, right? There was a sound that came upon the place, and it what was the sound? It was like a whirling wind, right, from heaven, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Then what looked like flames, fire will look like flames or tongues of fire, right? What is that? What is tongues of fire mean? You know how like when you have the flame and then it has like the little, the little spot, the part that spits out, right? It's like that tongue, like pow. So it's like flames and it's like pow, pow, pow. Flames, flames. I just love the imagery of flames appear and settled on each of them. Here he is with the word settled again. Don't don't miss the word settled. It settled on them. The flames. Right. Um, and uh, the tongues of fire is settled on each of them. Each of who? Each of the believers that were sitting there together um, praying and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So it went from settled on each of them to then filling uh, each of them with the Holy Spirit. And began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And so the flames came, the uh, tongues of fire appeared and settled on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Here it is. This is where it comes with speaking of other tongues, right? Speaking in tongues, as some may say, you know how. People just take a phrase and they just chop it out, chop it out, chop it out, chop it out. Somewhat, some circles even just say tongues. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't even say uh, speaking in other tongues. They just call them tongues, right? And or speaking in other languages. I see, I always say tongues, speaking in other languages in the beginning. So this was cool. Why is it cool? Because it lets us know that upon or being filled with the Holy Spirit, in this case, that Upon being filled with the Holy Spirit, then the people there, all that were there, started speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Why is this important? Because when people are speaking in tongues, when people are speaking in other languages, they are doing just that, speaking in other languages. So it's not gibberish. It's not just talking, saying nothing. No, you are speaking in another language when you are speaking in tongues. And it's a gift that is given through the Holy Spirit, given the ability for those that are filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to do. And so that's a beautiful thing. And I say that largely because growing up in my Christian faith, I did not come in contact with the speaking in other tongues and speaking other languages until I, I, didn't, 
I wasn't married to her yet, but until I came in contact with my wife, now Crystal, and she talked about, she asked me, um, do I speak in other tongues and or speaking tongues? I think she said, but nonetheless, I was like, nope, I don't. And she was like, oh, okay, you can, you can receive the gift to be able to do so. And I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah, I'm just praying for you. Uh, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll have the evidence of speaking in other tongues, right? And so that's another phrase that we also hear amongst believers. But nonetheless, she did it. And she was like, yeah, just start as the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do it. Just start speaking. Let what's being within you come out of you. And I was like, okay, that's it. And she was like, yeah. I was like, you're not going to give me like no lessons. You're not going to, you know, let me copy after you, say some things that you say. She was like, no, no, no. I don't take all that. Just go back to the room and, um, you know, let God do God's work. And God did God's work. I started babbling a little bit and I started, you know, how like you're a kid and you start saying little things and, you know, you, you know, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a move. And We'll keep going because uh, I could talk about that for a while. I could talk about that, but we here to read the word, not to hear a message. However, and if y'all have questions, of course, y'all can let me know in the comment section below and I'll be attentive to those things. Okay. Verse five, it says at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. That's dope, right? Devout Jews. So these are like the Jews of the Jews, the Jews that are proud of their Judaism and their practices of being a Jew right uh from every nation living in jerusalem so jerusalem was like a place in which jews came together right jerusalem you have jews from every nation living in jerusalem so that says how prestigious jerusalem was for the jewish people and so here we are when they heard the loud noise everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers so this sound was so loud that others heard the sound and the devout Jews came. And upon coming, they heard people, the believers that were sitting in this room, in this place on the day of Pentecost, speaking in their languages, their languages. So these were languages that were spoken about on earth. Therefore, I say that to say when we are speaking in other tongues, when we are speaking in other languages, we are speaking in languages that are said and used around this world. You just may not have come in contact with the dialect in which you speak your tongues in. Right. And so that's even cool. I think that is to me is representative of God's unity of people. And so not to get too far in it however in the old testament there were a group of people that said within themselves or amongst themselves that we're going to build a staircase that gets to heaven right and god looked down and saw what they were doing and he was like wait a minute like these people may be able to really well these people will be able to do what they have come together and said that they were going to do so i must confuse their languages because i don't want that to take place and so that's when ultimately all of these diverse languages started to come about there was a time in which people spoke one language or one languages one language right and then uh, the people of babylon right babel um which is like speaking but nonetheless they were scattered. They're scattered in their dialect. Therefore, why is that even important? Because if multiple people are in a given space, but they don't speak the same language, they can't communicate to each other without an interpreter or somebody knowledgeable enough to know multiple languages. They are just separate just right there, right? That's a way in which separation can occur. And so 
That's beautiful. Just and being able to speak in another language um, through the power and inspiration of Holy Spirit lets me know that there will be a time in which we're all saying the same thing, where we're all um, being able to understand each other and being like, no, it wasn't Babylon. And so I had to get too deep. I'm going to keep going. Boom, 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 boom. They heard their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. These devout Jewish people, right? How can this be? They exclaimed. These people all are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. See, the Jews came about from every nation, right? In Jerusalem. And then it was like, wait, these just some people from Galilee. How are they being able to do this? Wait a minute. Hold up. This information is not given to them. However, they are speaking currently in their native languages. So the devout Jews didn't know what had taken place as far as the Holy Spirit coming, filling them and all those things. The, the Jews didn't know about it, nor did they even believe in such a thing that could take place. And so this was even, that's even cool, right? And so, blah, 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 and they're like, like excuse me, verse nine, here we are. And then you have the Parthians, the Medes, I'm tearing them up. The Elamites, the people from Mesopotamia, Judea, uh, Pontus, the province of Asia, the P word, another P word, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, the Cretans, the Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. So what I attempted to read, which I heard I didn't do too very well, but you can go to Acts chapter two, verses nine through 11. And you can read of the different people that were present that were speaking of the fact that these people are speaking our negative languages, but even beautiful than that. What are they saying? These people are speaking in their, in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. These people are speaking in other people's native languages about the wonderful things God has done. Wow. Wow. And I say that because oftentimes people look for the gift of being able to speak in other tongues, to be able to edify themselves or to look better than others, or with an idea that I can ask for God of things, another language in which the devil can intercept because the devil doesn't speak in tongues. Well, no, here it lets us know that the people here on the day of Pentecost were speaking in other tongues, but they were doing so glorifying, edifying God by talking of the wonderful things God has Done. So it's a beautiful thing to be able to speak in other tongues. It's not something to be fearful of, scared of, or ashamed of. No, because when you do speak in other languages, you are doing that in a way that brings glory and honor to God. You may not even realize the glory and the honor that you're presenting to God and your ability to speak in another language, right? But somebody does. And that's a beautiful thing, right? And I say it's a beautiful thing because, right, we have the Internet. We have this worldwide web. And so we are even able to connect with other believers when we are bold enough to speak in our other heavenly language. OK. And other things. Right. You may travel and you may hear somebody talking away. Did you like wait a minute? Like I, I speak that when I speak in my heavenly language and or my and that's another term, heavenly language, other tongues, other language in my tongues. Right. And I say mine because it's a gift that's given to each and every person, right? Not all people have the same. 
Um, that's another thing. Now, not all people have the same. How do we know that? Because the scriptures let us know, like I said, in Acts chapter two, verses nine through 11, there were multiple people from different areas around the world and they heard their native language. And so all that to say, we are here talking to everybody, right? Here we are, verse 13. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. It's always going to be a hater. Come on now. Like, here we are in Acts. These people have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where in the beginning it says, it settled the flames. Uh, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it began to speak in other languages. And these people were amazed and they were perplexed and they were asking, how is this taking place? I'm hearing my own native tongues. And then I hate her. And the crew is going to say, they just drunk. That's all. Come on now. Who you know? Drunk. But in their drunkenness, what they are doing is talking about the amazing thing God, amazing things God has done. I, I, I don't, I don't know one. I don't know. I haven't seen one, I mean, but if you've seen that draw, you know, let me know in the comment section below. Maybe you thinking as this person was thinking, however, all that to say, you just shrug it off. And it's cool. It's just a reminder, like, after all these good things that has been said, and in this area of confusion, somebody comes, others, others come and say such a thing that's like, come on, bro. Like, how beneficial is what you're saying to the masses not 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 at all anyway verse 14 then peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd you gotta love peter peter is the audacious one the bold one the one that has no problem with stepping before the people saying what thus says the lord doing what he believed god would want him to do but then you know peter also had the time where he denied christ three times however Peter is also known as the bold guy, the one that will take initiative. So you have to love a man like Peter. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, follow, or excuse me, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. So here's Peter, he's clean air. He's like, wait a minute. I'm gonna let them other devote Jews say what they're gonna say. Oh, they're amazed, they're perplexed, like how's this taking place? However, with that drunken comment, let me nip that in the bud. And sometimes you have to be bold enough. You have to be audacious enough. You have to take the initiative and say, and don't allow for negativity to have the loudest voice. There are times in which you have to be bold enough to declare what is the truth, even in the midst of lies, because you can't let the wrong be the loudest voice in the room. So here we go. Peter about to make this thing. Make no mistake about this. Verse 15. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Come on now. We get a time of when this takes place. So this takes place in the morning. Pentecost takes place in the morning. And Peter's like, wait a minute. It's nine o'clock in the morning, bro. Ain't nobody out here being drunk or all of us. All of us aren't around here drunk, uh, as you would suggest, as to why we're doing the same what we're doing. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Joel, Joel, say it how you want to say it. I just, Joel just sounded cool. But again, the Bible always fulfills what it says, just like God's word, which is the Bible, written word inspired by God, always fulfills what God says. In the book of Joel, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all 
people, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. How beautiful is that? Back then, it was written and said that this would take place. Here, Peter talks about the day in which now the fulfillment of that scripture is being fulfilled and started its fulfillment, right? So it started it to be true and it continues to this day to be true. What continues to be true? I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy still to this day. Sons and daughters will prophesy. You young men will see visions. That's still today. Your old men will dream dreams. That's still today. Young men, you should be and you can be seeing visions. Ask God. Ask and you shall receive. If you're asking for a vision, a vision for your life, a vision for your family's life, a vision um, for church or a vision for anything, a vision for your business, ask God for it, right? And your sons and daughters will prophesy. It's a beautiful thing. My daughter has prophesied. We praying for our son, you know, saying like, he's good. He's good. I, I was, I'm about to make a turn, but it happens. It's still to this day. Verse 18, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, right? And I will cause wonders in the heaven above, in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. God says in the book of Joel that he will cause for wonders, right? to be done in heaven and signs on earth below signs and wonders right i'm sure you heard of signs and wonders signs and wonders signs and wonders wonders on and in heaven and signs here on earth signs of what we're gonna keep reading right blood and fire and clouds of smoke the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day the lord arrives so here it is letting us know, right? We've been talking about the last days. People talk about, oh, it's been the last days for a long time. But it lets us know before the Lord returns, before Jesus arrives, what will happen? It says that the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red. The sun will become dark and the moon will become blood red. Okay, yes, there's times in which we have red moons, right? It may appear like the color of blood. However, it says the moon will turn blood red. But before that, it says the sun will become dark. The sun will become dark. Okay, so if you're wondering, Bojagalaka, there are two signs and there's plenty other signs in the book of Revelations of what will take place and what will happen before Jesus arrives or comes back. But then it says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay. And so it doesn't take a litany of different things to do. It doesn't take X, Y, Z, one, two, three. If I do this right, if I do this right, if I do this right, I'll be saved. No, call on the name of the Lord, right? Believe, confess and believe. That's all you have to do. How do I know that to be true? Well, hey, when Jesus was on the cross between two thieves or along with two other thieves, one of them was like, hey, like, uh, Jesus, don't forget about me. And Jesus was like, okay, because of what you said, because of what you just displayed, you will be with me in paradise. Whereas the other one was like, you know, he won't buy that life. And so, boom, there's a, a case in which God's words fulfills itself and God's words become and remains to be truth. I have to do Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Then it goes on to say, verse 22, people of Israel, listen. 
people of Israel, listen, here he is. He, Peter, is in Jerusalem. He's already said um, what Joel said in verse 17 through 21. He's already said what's already been prophesied, what's already been mentioned right of this day or previously mentioned about what was taking place on this day and then here he is people of Israel listen God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles wonders and signs through him as you well know so here Peter is letting it be known like hold on wait a minute God has already said who the person of Jesus Christ is and was because of the things that Jesus did because of God while here on earth. And so before y'all run here, sorry, try to act a fool, try to act like, you know, I heard about Jesus, but I don't know if this Jesus man is true. Pump your brakes, player. You already know what God did through him while he was here on earth. He did miracles. He did wonders and he did signs through Jesus to fulfill who Jesus was as the Messiah. And so the people of Israel were like, no, I don't, I don't know that to be true. You know, it's not what we had in mind. We thought the kingdom was going to become, or kingdom was going to come through the Messiah, but the Messiah died. So the, the kingdom can't come that way. But we're going to keep reading in verse 23. Verse 23 might be our last scripture, right? Because we already had 29 minutes. But God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. When Judas did what Judas did, God already had the thing worked out. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. My Lord, my God. There it is. God's like, or excuse me, Peter is saying that God knew what would happen and God did these things. He released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in his grips. What does that mean? And the scriptures letting us know that Jesus experienced hell, right? That's what that is. It's talking about God released him from the horrors of death. The horrors of death is hell and raised him back to life. So we read and yes, also making sure. And the first chapter of Acts, it talks about Jesus walking about with his disciples after he died for various amounts of days. And so definitely go back to the previous video. But then in the midst of that, um, Jesus was walking about alive. And so boom, he went from the horrors of death back to life. God did that, but he did it in a way. I'll close the book because I'm going to be done because we have ran our 30 minutes. However, it says that um, raised him back to life for death could not keep him in his grips. So death could not keep Jesus in his grips thanks to the power of God doing what God had already knew God was going to do. However, he did it. And so Peter was staking and making the case of who Jesus was. Therefore, those who knew about what the apostles were going to be preaching about was going to be about Jesus. Like me, I'm talking about Jesus, right? You may not hear Jesus so much right now. However, that is the cornerstone. That is the purpose and the person that the message of the Bible is all about. And the uh, source in which our faith is in as well as our power is given so Peter's sticking a claim Peter's doing what Peter's doing which is being a voice a forerunner the one that is bold enough audacious enough um the one with the initiative enough to be bold to say what thus says the Lord and so we're gonna keep reading we're gonna keep reading on the next one 
about what Peter, why he was saying what he was saying, why he was establishing what he was establishing, because Peter had a foreknowledge of what he was going to do, right? And that was already given to him in the Gospels. And so, what? very short, Peter was asked by Jesus, um, do, you, do you love me? And uh, he was like, feed my sheep. Love my sheep, love my people, love my sheep, love my people, feed them. Make sure they get the word, make sure they get the truth. Because it was going to be some other ones. God already knew it was going to be some others with some lies, some false truths. And they were going to be out there persuading the people with those fake false truths. And so Peter was the one that was in the beginning, right? And there's others amongst Peter that are believers that are inspired by God, led by God to tell the truth of God and of Jesus. So with all that being said, I appreciate you all for reading with me. Like I said, uh, I really, really do definitely look forward to this bad boy being live and us being able to talk amongst each other and see where it goes and grows from there. Um, definitely want to start out on YouTube, but we'll see if Zoom is a spot where we do some Bible studies together and things like that. Whatever God will want, I'm open for it. Because like I said, this is inspired by God. Um, you know, I read by myself on a regular However, God was like, no, like do it openly, show how it's done and show how clarity is given and how um, growth take place through reading the word. So with it all, I'm going to end in prayer by saying, I thank you, Lord God, for this great, great opportunity and this great day. Whatever day people come in contact with this video, it is a great day because you have allowed for them to come in contact with the book of Acts and the book of Acts in chapter two, Lord God in a way which they may not have heard of it before. But I thank you that as the day of Pentecost took place, then I pray that Holy Spirit will settle and fall upon and be feel and feel those that are listening, watching to this episode, Lord God. I thank you that they be able to speak in other tongues in a way in which edifies you, brings and speaks of the wonders of you, the glory of you and the power of you and the things that you have done, God. And I thank you that others that may hear will marvel in the fact that, man, something different, something new, something grand is being taken place. And I thank you that that person will be able to speak confidently and boldly enough to say, it's not me, but it's God. And I can share with you about who God is. And I thank you, Lord God, that this video is shared. This video is shared so people can learn more about you, know more about you, and be strengthened in the power of your word. And I thank you, Lord God, for lives being changed. I thank you in advance for where this can go and what you will have for this to be. But I, I thank you in advance just being with me and um, guiding me into all truth. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so, as you can see, their prayer was for you as it was for me. And that's just how it works sometimes, right? Who, you know, whoever's praying has the ability to move it out, they so will. But with it all, great people, I love you all. I appreciate you all. Make sure y'all stay tuned this week for the other content that comes your way. Until then, peace. <laughs>